All right, all right. Hey, guys. I'm sure you are excited. I know I am. For another episode of Pursuing Jesus, guess what? We're back on a regular schedule. I'm going to post two to three episodes per week. I was trying to post daily, and it was going well for a while, and then I started to get busy, and then I almost started to like condemn myself because I wasn't recording as much as I wanted to, and I let that actually build up to where I didn't record anything for like over a month, and I'm really sorry about that. I'm working through things myself of trying to balance stuff and also not beating myself up when I can't manage a bunch of the things that I have going on, but... I've been getting spoken to by the Lord. My wife's been encouraging me. And so I really sat down and I scheduled out like what I am capable of in a week and what I'm going to do. And so I'm excited to say that I will be dropping at least two, sometimes three episodes every single week. I have a lot of travel coming up, but I'm pre-recording episodes. I know. Why didn't I do that before? I'm not sure. But either way, we are back. I'm so thankful for you guys. I remember when we started and and how awesome this was. So many of you have have written in and told me how encouraged you were. And so I just want to say thank you. And we're going to keep doing it. And as always, I want to invite you. You can partner with us monthly. You know, everything we do here is free. Um, My wife and I, we are unpaid missionaries. And so we live off of support. And so if you want to consider a gift through... Anchor, the app that um, helps us push this podcast out for totally free on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening. There's a link in there you can give through Anchor. Um, you know, $5 a month, $20 a month, $100 a month, whatever you feel led to do, you can give through Modern Day, which is a, a organization that funnels money for missionaries. It's a nonprofit. It's a tax write-off. You can also give through Faithful. You can check out my Faithful platform, That's a cool way to give because you get something in return. Um, If you give $50 a month, which is the highest level, you get access to a once a month video call on a Zoom. And there's about 20 of us, and it's really powerful. So all that to say, thank you. I'm so glad that you're listening again. And uh, if you haven't already, hit the bell. Turn on notifications to get those updates because I'm going to be posting new episodes and you don't want to miss it. Today we're going to talk about fighting in relationships. And I am titling this, Church, Stop Making Fighting in Relationships Acceptable. Stop making it the norm. You know, I've said this before, and it's really offended some people, I feel like. But I've said, man, my wife Jess and I, we have been together almost five years, married for four. We've got a seven-month-old baby boy. We've never had a fight. We've never had a fight. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we've never disagreed on anything. That would be concerning, You know, I I love that we agree on most things. We agree on all the big things, but there's little stuff we don't agree on and we talk it out. We've never argued like we've never raised our voices at each other. We've never slammed a door. We've never had to walk out of a room. We've never had to go cool off. Why is that? I'm going to talk about that in this episode, but I'm also going to address the church that I have heard widely preach, man, you know, this stuff is normal. Everybody goes through it and, you know, or we even joke about it. Oh, you know, when you're mad at your wife, when your wife's mad at you and you guys just, you're yelling at each other, but man, you just make up afterwards and you both look at each other and you laugh or you whatever. Why is that applauded? Why is, why, why does someone not go, Hey, wait a minute. 
What do you mean you guys yell at each other? That's not, that's not normal. That's not normal for a Christian to do. I want to talk about that today because it shouldn't be normal. And I don't preach this from a holier-than-thou place. I'm not preaching this. I want you to hear this. I'm not preaching this as a guy who's never fought with his wife. I'm preaching this as a Christian who reads the Bible and who spends time with God. So you're not going to hear my opinion. You're not going to this isn't like my testimony of well I haven't fought in 5 years so you shouldn't. This is the Bible. And so we're going to talk about that. First James 4. I was reading James 4 the other day. It was so powerful. Listen to this. Verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? that war in your members. Other, other translations talk about your pride, your, your selfish desires. Verse 2, you lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Then, then there's a transition. Listen to this. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Wow. Oh, let me keep reading. I wasn't going to keep reading, but I just saw this below. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. Listen to this. Here it is. Verse six. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, I was only going to read the first two verses, and I caught that, James 4, 6, at the bottom there, because this is, this is so applicable because I'm talking about pride today, because fighting and arguing comes from pride, comes from pride. I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm going to keep arguing this point until you see it. Now, listen, there are important things that you need to take a stance on. For instance, like if you married someone and you're raising your kid and you don't agree with spanking, but they do, and they're like, I'm going to spank our kid, and you have a strong conviction against it, and you're like, I don't want you spanking our kid. And they're like, listen, I grew up getting spanked. I'm going to spank our child. I think it's biblical. And the other person has all the verses why they think it's not biblical. That's a place where you need to have a healthy but real conversation, but you can do it without flesh getting in the way. You can do it without being prideful. You can do it without putting someone else down. You can do it without tapping into your emotional side and having to raise your voice to try to make a point because you can't make a point with your words. Also, don't get married if you don't agree on certain big stances like that. That is a big deal. That's going to come up at some point. If you have a kid, you need to talk about those things beforehand. This is to all you single people or people who are dating. You need to really hash out what I call deal breakers because there are certain issues I will not bend on unless the Lord speaks to me. And until he speaks to me, those are my deal breakers. I presented all of those to Jess. Literally, I did that on the first day. (laughs) The reason I did it on the first day was because I was done messing around. I was done dating people that I wasn't going to marry. And so I said, listen, if we're going to get married one day, because I'm dating to marry, I'm not dating just to date. So if there's even a 1% chance you're my wife, here's all my deal breakers. And she was on the same side as me on every single one. So I said, cool, this is a good place to move forward. 
If she had not agreed with one of those, I would have been happy at that time because I didn't even know her. I would have been happy to say, hey, sorry, I don't think this is going to work out. I'm not going to date you and try to get you to change your mind. I, You have your own convictions. I have mine. Let's just, let's not hurt each other. Let's just move on. But the, this is not what we're talking about. I'm not talking about disagreeing on things and taking a stance and just having a conviction. I'm talking about fighting and arguing. You guys know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about when I say fighting in a relationship. Here's another verse we should tap into. Philippians 2. That whole chapter. But there's a section in there where Paul says, Do all things without complaining or disputing. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights, holding fast to the word of life. Do how many things without complaining or disputing? All things. Do all things. Now, why would he call us to do all things if it wasn't possible? Come on. This is easy stuff. We're called. So I'm just setting, I'm just setting a standard here. I'm painting a picture. The Bible makes it clear that fighting and warring and all that stuff, it comes from pride. And that we're called to do all things without complaining or disputing or quarreling. Now, here's what the world says. The world says it's healthy to fight. What do you mean you haven't fought yet? Oh, man. Or, or I remember this in school. And tell me, let me know in a comment or review or something. Have you heard this before? Where they say, oh man, like I had some friends and they were dating and after like a month they'd be like, man, we just had our first big fight. Like it was some sort of milestone. Literally. I remember like, oh, we just had our first fight. Oh yeah. Or I, I, I went to college with some friends that were dating and they were like, oh, we love to fight. We get in good fights. And I remember at the time just feeling strange about it, but I wasn't born again. So I was like, whatever. And so I thought it was normal to like have these yell at each other moments and then you make up. And then I got born again and I'm like, wait, that is not normal at all. The world says, if you haven't fought, your relationship hasn't been tested. What? Jess and I have never fought in five years come August and we've certainly been tested. You've heard my testimony. You've heard things about her. She shared some testimony in a live that we did on Instagram. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's like over an hour, and we walk through a lot of heavy stuff. We've been tested in many areas, and we've never fought. Fighting and arguing is different than disagreeing. Disagreeing is normal. It's healthy. It happens a lot. There's things that Jess and I don't agree on. It's okay. We say, I, I say, babe, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't really feel the same. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I really feel this way. All right. Well, let's talk about it. Let's find a, a solution where both of us win. That is 99% of the time, the conversation that we have. Now, if we're a little more passionate, then it might be like, hey, you know, I, I don't agree with that. There's even been a time and we're both guilty of this, but I can remember a time when I was just not super sensitive. I would say generally I try to be very sensitive with people and especially with my family. But I really try to like be empathetic and, and show people, man, I'm thinking about what you're saying. I'm caring. And I don't know if I was like 
doing something on my phone or I was playing a game or I was just in a funky mood or it was while I was fasting and what I I don't know. But I remember there was a time when, when Jess told me something, I was like, that sounds kind of dumb. That was my response. I was like, that sounds kind of dumb. And this is, this is where a fight could happen. This is why you marry the right person. She said, what? Like, why did you say it like that? That was so rude. And she was honest. She was like, that was really, really rude. Like that, that was disrespectful. And I was cut to the heart and I was like, babe, I'm sorry. I didn't, I shouldn't have said it like that. That was the first thing that came to my mind. I didn't even filter it. I didn't even process it. Like, please forgive me. And she's like, I forgive you. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about what you just told me. I want to, I want to like hear what you're saying. I want to process it. And then I'll tell you what I'm thinking. That is what happens in our relationship. Sometimes one of us will just say something and the other person will be like, Hey, I don't, I don't like the way that you said that. Like, did you mean it that way? And we always assume the best, you know, I've said something and Jess seemed sarcastic in her response. And I was like, Hey babe, like that seemed really kind of sarcastic and dismissive. Like you don't care about what I just said. Is that, is that how you feel? And sometimes she would be like, yeah, I was a little frustrated, like, I'm sorry. And it would come out, you know, you've been gone a lot and I've just been frustrated and I let that build up and I took it out on you and I'm sorry. And there's this like moment of repentance right there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I totally forgive you, man. I'm so sorry. I've been gone. I know it must be hard. Like, let's talk about it. You know, how are you? What? Let's work through this. There's other times where I'll be like, hey, that sounded kind of mean. Like, did you mean that? And she'll be like, oh, no, like, honestly, I was explaining it this way, or I said it this way, and I totally, I I wasn't trying to be mean, that would be rude, like, I wasn't trying to be like that, it just came out that way, and I'll be like, oh, okay, like, cool, I'm glad we figured that out, it's, do you, like, can you hear in my voice, listen, I'm either the biggest liar on the planet, and I'm doing all this so that, like, you can think that I'm awesome and Jess is awesome and we just never fight and like I want all of your attention and I want everyone to think that we're amazing or there's a place of freedom that you can walk in and I want you to understand it. This is what freedom looks like in a relationship. It's called communication. We're not perfect, but this is where a fight could happen. Go back to the comment that I made. Oh, that's dumb. Now, if she's flying off the handle or she hasn't had time with the Lord or she doesn't know her identity, and so her identity comes from the way I treat her, she goes, oh, that's dumb. Are you kidding me? Like, you're going to say that to me after everything I did? Like, I literally carried your child for nine months and I've been watching him and you've been off traveling and doing all this stuff and I'm just stuck at home and you're going to say that to me? Doesn't that sound gross? Now, as gross as that could sound, and it sounds gross even doing that, how normal is that to a lot of people, if we're honest? Maybe that's normal in your relationship. I grew up around stuff like that. I love my parents. They were great people, but they fought. They had fights. I heard it. They weren't always good to each other. And there's no judgment. It's not like I'm, you know, I'm not throwing shade on anyone. I'm saying, man, there's a better way to live. And listen, if we can't call people higher, then the Bible shouldn't have been written because it's at a standard that none of us can attain if that's going to be our opinion. Bro, don't even tell me about not fighting. Like, 
look, it's just the way I am. It's the way I grew up. Like God doesn't expect me to be perfect. And what, this is the kind of stuff we say, or, or you think you're so holier than now because you're, you, you haven't fought. So you're going to try to tell me about fighting. No guys, I'm calling us all higher. I'm calling us all to walk this word out. I literally just told you I fall short in this too. I've said things just kind of off the cuff, like out of my flesh or whatever. And my wife brings the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But I will tell you that in almost five years, we've never raised our voice at each other. We've never slammed the door. We've never had to walk away to cool off. We've never had to do any of that stuff. Why? Because when you're fighting and arguing, you let pride come in and it overtakes love. And so now when pride is leading, you can't submit. You can't submit when pride is leading because pride has to cover itself. Pride has to protect itself. It's self-preservation, self-seeking. And so now you don't have righteousness in this conversation anymore. You have rightness. I'm right. You're wrong. And when you have rightness leading, you can't yield to righteousness. And when rightness leads and when pride is present, someone's going to get upset and someone's going to need to walk away because I don't want to say something I'm going to regret or I don't want to do something that I can't come back from. I'm going to have to walk this off. I'm going to have to cool off. Listen, I've heard and I've seen it all. Why is that normal? I've literally, I'm not exaggerating. I've heard incredible pastors that I really look up to say this very line. I'm not exaggerating. I heard this in the last nine months. I heard a pastor say, you know, it's normal. Like everybody knows who here knows what I'm talking about. You know, you're arguing with your wife or your spouse and you slam the door and you walk out and you're just like, uh, and then God tells you like, that was wrong. Go back inside and apologize. And you go in there and you know, thank God. He always brings us back. He always corrects us and, and we work it out. You know what I mean though? And like some people joke, they're like, oh yeah, you better talk about it, pastor. Like, yeah, that's so funny. I know what you're talking about. What is that? Like that broke my heart when I heard that. I'm like, what do you mean it's normal to slam a door in your house? Okay. Yeah. I'm so thankful that you guys reach the point of forgiveness and repentance and all that. Like the end of the story is great, but just because the end is good doesn't mean that the means justify the end. So quit preaching the means as if it's normal to slam a door. Don't lead a whole congregation astray by making them believe that it's okay and it's normal if you guys fight and slam doors and yell in your house as long as eventually the Lord speaks to you and corrects you and you come back and you apologize. Like, what if we could get to this moment of repentance and apologizing without having to slam any doors, without having to yell? Why is that so normal? Like, are you guys hearing what I'm saying? I am more grieved by the congregation that's like, oh yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's so real. Oh, I love this pastor, man. He keeps it so real. Why is fighting and slamming doors keeping it real? As Christians, are we not called to put off the old, put to death those old members, and put on the new, put on the Lord Jesus Christ? Why is it that when a preacher preaches like this, the congregation doesn't go, Pastor, can we pray for you? 
man, we love you. We love your family. We hate to hear that you guys fight and you slam doors in your house. Can we pray for you? Why is that not normal? Why is it normal to laugh and just and relate so much? Come on, we can both disagree. You, me and my spouse, you and your spouse, you and the one that you're dating, you and the person you're talking to, you can disagree. You can even passionately disagree and not fight. You can work things out without getting to that place. Why do you raise your voice? Why do you name call? Why do you slam a door out of anger? Because you can't control your flesh. Self-control has left. So you got to ask yourself, like, where is this coming from? What is the root of this? And how do I get rid of it? If that's you, if you're listening right now and you're like, I'm guilty of those things. Listen, I'm not here to judge or throw stones. I'm here to say there is a place to walk in freedom in Christ where you can uproot every bit of that. But first, you have to want it gone. You have to stop normalizing it. If you're a preacher and you're listening to this, you need to repent if you've ever preached that it was normal to do these things. And then you have to want to repent in your own life from doing them. You have to say, God, I don't want it to be normal for me to yell at my wife. I don't want it to be normal for me to call names or to cut her down sarcastically or to slam the door in his face. Listen, it's not a sin to be tempted. I've been tempted to say stupid stuff to my wife. Why? Because the devil is stupid and our flesh is is demonic, right? But we live by the Spirit so we don't fulfill the desires of our flesh. Because our flesh has demonic uh, desires. So yeah, I, I, I grew up, before I was born again, I was a super sarcastic person. Very dry humor. There's times when my wife says something to me and I just want to come back with the most dry, cutting, sarcastic thing. And just, it would make her feel so dumb. Guess what? I don't do that. <laughs> I don't care that that's the thought that comes into my mind. That's not who I am anymore. That's just the flesh trying to see if that old man can still have a voice. And I beat that old man down every morning when I'm alone with God and when I'm praying. I beat that old man down when I'm fasting and I give him no food. And I'm only drinking water and I'm praying instead of eating. I'm giving that old man a good beating because I don't want him to have a voice. Well, your old man who's dead might be trying to come back to life. And you might be giving him life, and worse, you might be preaching that it's normal for him to come back to life from time to time, as long as eventually he gets put back to death. Come on, guys, I'm talking now. This is not the life that we're supposed to live. You need to look at your life and say, where does this come from? I'm going to make a bold statement here. I have heard people that will judge cops. Now, listen, I don't say this because I was a cop. Now, I can say this because I was a cop, because I've walked it out, and you can ask anyone I used to work with. But I'm saying this as a person who has seen what people say, and I've seen that job. I have seen people that fight with their spouses and have to leave a room because they get so upset. They are the ones who judge police by the actions that they take. They're, they're, they're some of the first people to talk about how cops should have did this or shouldn't have said that. Meanwhile, you can't even have a conversation with someone you heavily disagree with without storming out of a room or getting emotional. And you want to judge a police officer. <laughs> I talk about being a hypocrite. 
listen, I can say that. I've been in that job. I've literally stood there while people called me racist names, screamed in my face, were spitting in my face. They had a phone in my face. I can remember a specific incident where we were at a theme park. We had a theme park in our city. It was on Halloween, and there was a shooting. A young black man was shot in the face in front of a whole bunch of people. And we all ran over there. We went as fast as we could. We got there, and we're working on him. One of My partner was uh, doing CPR, plugging his bullet holes, and trying to keep him alive. Now, I'm white. My partner was white. This kid was black. Doesn't matter. Who cares? That is a human being, and he needs our help. That's, that's how we should all live. I mean, this is easy stuff. I heard it said before, we don't have a skin problem. We have a sin problem. That is so true because racism is rooted in pride. You see, pride covers a lot of sins. The Bible says where there's pride and selfish envy, there's every evil thing. And so I'm standing there while my buddy is working on this kid. And there's a few other people working on him. I'm there to just provide security because it's chaotic. I mean, imagine a kid getting shot in the face in the entrance of a theme park on Halloween night like it's packed. And guess what? All of his friends were screaming at me and everyone else saying, all we do is kill black people. Now, I'm not taking this podcast into that direction. I'm just, I'm letting you see what it's like when emotions take over. You'll say things that don't even make sense. My white friend and I are literally saving a black kid's life, and there are other black kids screaming at us, calling us pigs, and telling us that all we do is kill black people. We're saving the kid's life. They can't even see what's happening, and if they can see, they're blinded to it by their hatred. That's pride, and it needs to go. And so the reason I say all of this is because I was able to just stand there and say, guys, I'm sorry that you're so mad. We're trying to save your friend. All you do is kill black people. You guys are killers. You guys are, you enslaved us. You did all this stuff. I'm so sorry that you're upset. Hey, please back up a little bit. You're getting a little close. We're trying to save your friend's life. Man, F you guys. F the police. Da, 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 da. I'll do this. I'll do that. We'll show you. Hey, I'm, I'm really sorry that you're upset, but we are trying to save your friend right now. Please back up a few feet. You're, you're getting a little close. This is a crime scene. We're trying to protect the integrity of it. Do you believe that there's a place to talk like that? I'm telling you there is, and I did it for years, and so did many of my coworkers. They didn't fly off the handle. They didn't lose their minds. Why? Because I'm not living at the expense of other people. I get filled every day by the Lord. Every day I get filled by the Lord. I get myself alone with him and I ask him to speak to me and I read his word over myself and I pray over myself and I encourage myself in my identity. Why? Because when I'm out in public, the last thing that I need to do is tee off on those kids because they're being ignorant. Are you kidding me? We're right here. We're trying to save this kid. You want to say this? You guys are so dumb. This is the problem in America. You guys are so ignorant. You could look something in the face and you could say something else. You don't even see what we're trying to do. You guys are so ungrateful. You're so prideful. You're so selfish. You're perpetuating the race. Like that doesn't solve anything. How many of you know that? I could come back at those kids with all the facts and the statistics and the perfectly worded argument. They're not going to hear it. Why? Because they're in pride. 
Now, how does this have to do with relationships and talking and fighting in relationships? If you can't see the connection, I'm going to try to paint it for you. Which side of that argument do you want to be on? Do you want to be like those kids that are driven by the flesh and by emotions and by hurt, clearly, or something, to where they can't even see what's happening? They're just letting their hate speak for them. Now, that might seem extreme, but some of you, I'm willing to bet, there's enough listeners on here that some of you have let your flesh overtake your mouth and you've said things to your spouse, your significant other that you wish you'd never said. Maybe things that weren't even true. You're just, you're letting your flesh have a heyday. Or do you want to be on the side of the fence that I was standing on? And I wasn't standing there in the flesh of Shane Winnings and in the strength of Shane Winnings. I was standing there completely yielded to the Spirit of God because in my flesh, I would want to say all those things to those kids. In my flesh, I would want to give those kids a piece of my mind. But when I live by the Spirit, I don't fulfill the desires of the flesh. You have to make a choice. Which side of that do you want to stand on? Because there's no middle ground. You're either going to live by the flesh or you're going to live by the Spirit. And I take an extreme example, one that I've literally walked out and more than once. I was a cop for five years. Four of those were on night shift. We had a lot of instances like that. You can check my file. I never got in trouble. (laughs) I never teed off on someone. I never lost my cool. Why? There's a place to walk in the spirit. So then why would I come home from a work from a job like that and then yell at my wife? <laughs> or why would I come home and not even be able to have a civil conversation with my wife, but I can be civil to people that literally hate me and want to kill me if they could? And some tried. Come on guys, this is easy stuff. Like all we're talking about is good communication. Listen, do you think Jesus ever needed to like cool off after someone said something stupid? Like when the when the Pharisees mocked him, do you think he was, did you ever see a verse where he was like, and Jesus retreated to the wilderness to lick his wounds and, and to cool off because he was so heated. He didn't want to say something that he would regret. Like that sounds dumb, right? And people might say, well, that's Jesus. Okay, that's a cop out. Isn't he the one we're following? Doesn't the Bible say to be holy as he is holy? Aren't we called to put off the old and put on the Lord Jesus Christ? Come on, it's time to stop making justification for our flesh. It's time to stop making justification for people pushing all our buttons. Why don't we just have our buttons get removed? Why don't we pray for God to deliver us and remove all our buttons? Sounds like the old. Sounds like we need to put it off, right? I've heard people say this. This this was so frustrating to me. Jess and I would tell people, man, we, we've been together a year and we've never fought. Oh, just give it time. Just wait. Wait till you're married. Wait till you live together. Then you'll really, you'll really find out. Okay, thanks for prophesying that. Guess what? We got married. We still didn't fight. Oh, we'll, we'll wait till you've been together a few years. Then you'll wait. To, yeah, wait till you do some life together. Then you'll, you'll see. Okay, we did that. We still didn't fight. Oh, wait till you have a kid. Wait, wait till you have a kid. Then... Then you'll see that's really going to stretch you. Well, yeah, it was very stretching, but we still haven't fought. Well, what's next? Oh, wait till you have a couple more kids. Then you're really going to... Oh, wait till, you know, they're in high school. Wait wait till they're asking you for money. Wait till... Sounds like we've got a lot of experience and we're trying to impart 
<laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't call it wisdom. What are we doing? There were only a handful of people in my life that said, man, you guys have never fought? That's amazing. That's so awesome. What's the secret? secret is spending time with the Lord and having good communication, just being totally transparent and being able to talk things out without getting emotional. Or if you're emotional, not letting them lead. It's okay to have emotions present when you're talking. Just don't let them lead. We're human beings. We're not robots. No one, no one really came alongside us outside of a couple friends and said, that's amazing. Everyone said, well, just wait until this. It's like they couldn't believe or they didn't want to. Why does everyone create and even justify some expectation that sooner or later we're going to have a blowout? And if we don't, we're either lying or there's something wrong with us. We're hiding something. Preachers, I'm talking to you right now. Stop normalizing this. You are leading a congregation astray when you teach that this stuff is normal and it's acceptable. It's not. And it doesn't matter if you fight with your wife or not. Stop preaching that it's normal. The Bible doesn't justify it anywhere. It explicitly speaks against it. It openly talks about dying to self, not complaining or disputing, not quarreling, not having pride, etc. This is a time when we need to preach the Bible and we need to teach people how to walk as Christ walked. If you want to know how to die to yourself, you need to check out my book. I literally wrote 63 days worth of devotionals where I am teaching you how to die to yourself, how to pray every day, how to uproot the flesh and speak the truth of God's word over yourself. Go listen to all of these podcast episodes. There's 32 of them now, and they're all free. I talk about some of this stuff openly, how to die to yourself, how to live unoffended. I'm telling you, living unoffended is the answer to the Christian life. If you're unoffended, you can begin to live for God fully, free from the cares of what other people think. And if you're actually living for God, then you will have something to give instead of something to need. Amen? So listen, if you identified with anything I was talking about in this podcast, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you would be free and that you would begin to walk in forgiveness. You would come out of agreement with bitterness and resentment and that you would completely give yourself over to Jesus and stop making an excuse or justification even for living offended and for fighting, arguing, quarreling, disputing the things that we're called not to do. So if that's you, I want you to just close your eyes, open your hands like you're going to receive a gift. It's a posture of surrender before the Lord. And we're going to pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for every person listening. I pray, Lord, that you would convict us every area in our life that you do not have full reign and rule over. Lord, if there's any area of our life that we have justified in sin or that we have protected or said as normal, that's not. God, please show us. Speak to us, Lord. We come out of agreement with pride and disputing and quarreling and complaining. And we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to walk in patience and to live unoffended as you did. Thank you for being a good leader and showing us what it looks like. Even the people who killed you, you didn't give them a piece of your mind. You said, forgive them. Even the disciples who denied you and forsook you, when you came back, you said, go and tell my brothers. You weren't holding a grudge. You said, peace to you. Peace be with you. 
Father, I pray that we would follow in the example of Jesus Christ as we go. And I thank you in Jesus' name for the power to do it by your Holy Spirit. Amen. And amen. Listen, if this episode encouraged you, share it, like it, rate it on Apple and Spotify, review it, copy the link, send it to someone. Seriously, this could really help set people free. As I said, I have a book. It's on Amazon for only $10. It's called I Will Always Overcome. It's also available as an ebook. Listen, if you're looking for a great college to go to, Christian college, accredited, many different degree programs, and you can do it all online at your own pace, go to faithiu.edu. Faithiu.edu. It's Faith International University. It is an incredible Christian college. You will not regret it. We're having a stadium event September 3rd in Frisco, Texas. Check it out at genz4jesus.com. We're calling tens of thousands of youth and parents to come gather, pray, and worship for the healing of our nation. You can follow me on Shane.Winnings, at Shane.Winnings on Instagram. TikTok is real Shane Winnings. I had to start a new account in YouTube. Just search for my name. And as always, we're going to pray for healing before we close. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you paid the price for healing on the cross. Your word says, by your stripes we were healed. And so right now I command every sickness, every bit of pain, every limitation to go. And I say, be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.